Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. Worker of yours. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Good morning. Oh my God, it's, I know. It's time to wakey wakey. Listen, the boys are trolling me this morning <laughs> and well deserved. Listen, you got here on time. You were a little later than normal, but you're be- here before the show started, which is a success in That's my book. That's the most important thing. Absolutely. Thank you. So and you're well rested. <laughs> I wouldn't even say that. Listen, this move has taken a toll on my body, my brain, my life. I've been really trying to be focused on this move. I had to organize every single thing in my home yesterday. Mm. Your new home, by the way, if you if you haven't been listening, Michaela has been in the process of a move after a couple years, two or three years at your old place. Yeah. Mm. But there's nothing like having to go through piece by piece. Mm-hmm. And then find a home for it. Yeah. And then not only your piece by piece, Lisa's piece by piece. So you're going through Lisa's pieces. Yeah. Oh, oh, it's like Reese's Pieces. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know why that was so funny to yeah. me. Yeah. Well, I mean, you have twice as much square footage than you had in your last place, which is great. Well, and let me tell you guys something. Little secret. Facebook Market mm. is where it is at Honey. It is iconic. It's like the best thing I've ever done. You found a whole couch on there. I found a brand new restoration hardware couch on there for half the price. Checked it out. It was sold from this girl who's now like my friend. I love her. She's my age. (laughs) Just moved here from New York. We were obsessed. She was like, I held the couch for you. I got a lot of offers, but I knew you were in San Francisco and I wanted you to have it. And I was like, are we best friends? Yes. And then we were best friends. So we got the couch. Thank God. It was beautiful, but also they have people deliver it now through a delivery service. Oh, wow. So it's really great. I feel like I'm doing a Facebook ad. I'm not. This is not like an ad at all. (laughs) Not for Mark Zuckerberg. No. Yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah. I actually hate Facebook, but the way that they have their marketplace set up is iconic. Okay. Yeah. So it was a good day. Then I slept in. I went to bed at midnight. I was like, bye, Rocco. And then out. Bed at midnight? Yeah. Oh, wait. I also just realized something. I know. Oh my gosh. I'm, I know. Okay, so this is funny. So without knowing that Michaela was running late today, uh, and also knowing that you're getting blood work done today at 1 p.m. I know. Oh, wow. So I came in here early today, and I bring Michaela coffee oftentimes, because I have an espresso machine. So she texts me early in the morning and says, can you bring me a fancy coffee? And I say yes. And she did not ask me this morning, because she was still apparently sleeping. <laughs> well, she did text me last night and said, AJ. I've got to get blood work at 1 o'clock tomorrow. When do I have to start fasting and stop eating and drinking? I said, okay, let me look it up. I looked it up. It said 12 hours. So I said, you cannot have any coffee or snacks tomorrow morning in the studio at all. Only water. And then I come in to surprise her this morning with a granola bar, a banana, and a coffee. It's on a plate. (laughs) 
<laughs> in silverware rolled up like we used to roll it at Saddle Ranch. At the a restaurant. restaurant we used to Why would I do that? This is the first time in You've two never years I've done this cute little thing. And I didn't even know you were going to be late today. Wait, I, just I thought, can't have coffee? No. Nope. Nothing. None of it. I'm sorry. Water. You can I don't water. know why I set you up like that. That's terrible. I can't have that banana. No. What happens if you eat when you need blood work? Your blood work will be off. You'll throw it off. Mm-hmm. God, this is so I'm an, day. I'm such an a-hole. I'm the a-hole. Right? There's, yeah, the there's the segment. You're the a-hole. Okay, well, speaking of a-holes, though, there's an a-hole HOA down in Florida who's trying to play Grinch already, and the story is wild. It also involves Mariah Carey and an unexpected plot twist. We're covering that in about 12 minutes, so stick around for that right now, though. It's time for news on the beat. Okay, well, nearly a dozen congressional Democrats are urging President Joe Biden to combat high gas prices by not only releasing barrels from the U.S. Strategic Petroleum Reserve, but by banning U.S. oil exports. The letter sent yesterday to Biden adds to the pressure the White House is facing, even from its own party, to lower prices at the pump that are angering Americans and contributing to the biggest inflation spike in decades. Biden plans to announce his decision to release oil from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve later today during a speech at the White House, but the timing of such a move is still contingent on other nations finalizing their agreements. All right, let's get into a little weather. As I look at that banana, it's literally all I want, but I'll just do my blood work. It's going to be a high of 45 in New York, 72 in LA, 72 in Vegas, 81 in Palm Springs, 72 in Houston, 63 in Kansas City, 48 in Seattle, 43 in Chicago, 61 in Sacramento, 81 in Cathedral City, and 81 in La Quinta. Now give us a vibe of the day. I'll give you a vibe of the day if you give me that piece of paper to your left, Michaela. Yeah, honey. Uh, Here's your vibe of the day. All things are difficult before they are easy. Keep that in mind as you keep pressing towards your goals, your hopes, your dreams. If you're dreaming of the holidays, we've got you covered here at Channel Q because Odyssey and Channel Q bring you Happy Holla Gay, our exclusive holiday music station, specially curated with all of your favorite LGBTQ artists and allies singing the biggest holla gay hits of the season. Artists like Sam Smith, Mariah Carey, Beyonce, Lady Gaga, Michaela Gordon, and more. <laughs> Just search Happy Holla Gay on the Odyssey app to listen now. Love it. So proud of it. Excited. Christmas music. Can't wait. It's here. It's finally happening. I was reading last night this article about uh, new standards, like standard classics, right? And Mariah Carey, the argument was that was like the latest standard that has become part of our whatever. And they said the second best thing, the next closest, is Kelly Clarkson's Underneath the Tree. And I was so happy. Because it's so good. I think it's the best Christmas song since Mariah Carey. I think you're right. I think Mm -hmm. it's so good. All right. Well, speaking of Mariah Carey, find out why she's tweeting support for a family being fined from the HOA, the real Grinches of Christmas. Find out what they did coming up next. <sighs> Here we are. Yes, baby. Listen, this song came out, what, 27 years ago or something? I think 1994. And in 2019, it hit number one on the Billboard charts for the first time ever. That's insane. Mariah Carey makes about $2 million per year off of this single song. It's her most iconic song of all time, which makes her essentially the queen of Christmas, right? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, she's going toe-to-toe with the Grinch right now, sort of. This story is wild. There's a family in Florida uh, that put up their Christmas lights, and uh, this the, the, the head of the house's name um, is Michael Maffa. Okay, so... He hired somebody to put their Christmas lights up on November 6th. 
Okay, it's the only day available to hire this company to come out and do a professional job. This is just outside of Tampa, uh, and so you think that's great, right? Getting of in the course. holiday spirit a little bit early. Well, then they hear they get a letter from their HOA. Those people again. We've talked about them recently. Ah, they're the absolute worst. You looking up things on your computer, Michaela? My sound's on. My sound's on. <laughs> Turn your sound off. Um, they get a letter from the HOA that they have uh, broken the rules. And you're not allowed to put anything uh, Christmas lights up until the day after Thanksgiving, and you can be fined a hundred dollars a day up to one thousand dollars, and they're being required to take the lights down. Listen to me, HOA can rot in hell. They are the <laughs> well, worst that's where gonna go kind anyways. of humans. Where Grinches go? Yeah, they're they're awful. I've said it before. I'll say it again. Lisa deals with the HOA regularly because mm. she owns property. And the amount of times she's had to leave to go back to Vegas to take care of a simple paint color or to rip out a tree or to plant a different piece of grass, like the most. And they walk around. They want to make sure that they find you doing something. Because they're a-holes. Like, HOAs are just awful. (coughs) Ours ours growing up was uh, our neighbor, Dell, who my mom still calls Dale. And he was just miserable. He would just walk by your yard if there was a little bit of a brown patch. Like there, it, he would just call out everything. Your mailbox yeah. wasn't perfectly like didn't look perfectly cleaned. Um, so they're requiring that they take these lights down. Uh, they even have an attorney for the West Chase Community Association, this HOA. And uh, this gentleman says, "You know what? Nope, not going to do it." Somebody apparently in the neighborhood complained about it. Mm-hmm. They're upset. Mm-hmm. I guess the rule is, the, the idea is that they're keeping people from keeping their lights up year-round. So they set a date as the day after Thanksgiving, which I kind of You makes... know, I, I feel that and I understand yeah, that. because but... there's nothing tackier than Christmas lights in June. Like, I don't like that, like that either. But he says, listen, I think the kids have been through a lot the last couple of years. The That's, pandemic. Hello. Like, let's just give them a little bit of holiday joy, okay? Well, this is a fun twist. Uh, this... Story uh, got out there, and Cron uh, 4 News, which is a local news station, said, What would Mariah Carey say? And they actually tagged her on Twitter. Obsessed. Well, Mariah Carey responded. Mariah Carey said, yes. my, my personal preference is to wait until after Thanksgiving, but there's no regulating festiveness. So she kind of like towed the line on that one, but also said like, calm down. I'm obsessed with her. I feel like, so we put our Christmas tree up in our house and people online were like, it's too early. And first of all, the more people say it's too early, the more I want to post about it. Mm. Um, But I feel the same way. I feel like it's been a tough year. I feel like it brings so much Christmas joy. And I often feel like, fine, I wait till December to put my Christmas tree and decorations up. And it's over. And then it's over. Well, yeah, especially if you're busy. If you're out on the road a lot. Oh, yeah, I don't get to stay home with it. I'm never home. And so it's either do that or keep it up till February. Well, so this family even said, Mr. Maffa said that, I love his name's Mr. Maffa. Sounds like a Muppet or something. uh, Said that they even told the association they'll keep the lights off until the Friday after Thanksgiving. And they still said, no, they're still trying to find them. They're not going to get it. They're not going to get a penny out of this family. People are upset about this. This yeah. is insane. Yeah, Remember I think early it's wrong. pandemic when people started putting their Christmas trees back up because they were just sad? <laughs> like, like our one go-to is a Christmas tree? My friend from American Idol, Melinda Doolittle. She oh, keeps I love up, Melinda Doolittle. She keeps her Christmas tree up all year round. It's a little pink Christmas tree, and it's up all year round. She started in the pandemic. Well, some people decorate their tree for like Easter and then Halloween. That's just weird to me. 
I don't like it. Yeah, I mean, listen, you can't like manage what makes people feel good or feel happy. And after a pandemic, I'll be honest with you, it's crazy. There have been so many break-ins. If you guys have seen, especially in California, Nordstrom was broken into last night at the they Grove. They just put well, so they put barriers. Uh, at the Grove, you can see, I just saw the story where people cannot just get in this holiday season and uh, because because there's just like people coming together, 30, 40 people going into these big department stores, Louis Vuitton, Saks Fifth Avenue, stealing everything. I mean, people are in a different space than they were a few years ago. Yeah, so if a family wants to put up Christmas lights to spread some joy, please let them. Yeah, hello. All right, coming up, we've got more for you when I find her. Okay, Academy Award winning actor has one big regret, and it involves the community. We hate regrets, and we'll tell you what his is coming up. Welcome back to The Morning Beat. Now, these conversations are always evolving as awareness grows uh, when it comes to rights of all sorts of people, right? Uh, but in particular, in our community, uh, the concept of cis straight people playing queer characters is a hot button issue, mm-hmm. especially when they're playing trans women. Yes. Uh, and Eddie Redmayne has now said that playing a transgender woman in The Danish Girl was a mistake. Now, the Oscar-winning star previously came under fire for playing um, uh, uh, this character back in 2015. I interviewed Eddie during that Oscar run, and I will say Eddie's portrayal was gorgeous and respectful, but the conversation is very, very, very different, right? Um, He says that I wouldn't take it now. He told the Times when asked about the role. He said, I made that film with the best intentions, but I think it was a mistake. He goes on to say the bigger discussion about the frustrations around casting is because many people don't have a chair at the table. There must be a leveling. Otherwise, we're going to carry on having these debates. I think that's very astute. Yeah. Uh, You know, I think that uh, I think sometimes it's just the acknowledgement that's enough. I think that him saying I loved the role. Uh, But I do understand why it was problematic because, you know, everybody should be able to audition for these roles. And then whoever is the best for the role should have the role. But we're just not seeing uh, the representation and visibility in these audition rooms that we should. And I'll tell you, I was signed to the biggest agency and I would go on these massive auditions. And I feel like the amount of diversity the lack of diversity that would be in these audition rooms. And I would have, and I, who still present white cis female, I had tattoos and I was a little bit edgier. And just that alone cost me big auditions. It used to be disqualifying. Yeah. 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 I mean, even as a television host, I kept my sexuality sort of, I, I, I didn't really reveal it too often for many years because my manager who's very much gay was like nah don't put that out there let's just be AJ it was just a very different time it was yeah. just be yourself but don't say that and you're like but that is who I am well and it's interesting too because like Eddie says like there are like, there are a lot of trans people that work behind the scenes um, and, and and such but uh uh, actress Jen Richards from Disclosure Doc, which is fantastic. If you haven't watched Disclosure, um, she talks about this exact scenario taking place. Having cis men play trans women, in my mind, is a direct link to the violence against trans women. And in my mind, part of the reason that men end up killing trans women out of fear that other men will think that they're gay for having been with trans women is that the friends, the men whose judgment they're fear of, only know trans women from media. And the people who are playing trans women are the men that they know. 
This doesn't happen when a trans woman plays a trans woman. Laverne Cox is just as beautiful and glamorous off screen as she is on screen, as is Jasmine, as is Trace Lissette and Alexandra Billings and Angelica Ross and so on. When you see these women off screen still as women, it completely deflates this idea that there's somehow men in disguise. I think so that's good. the most incredible point because it is true. And I think that, you know, these women, Trace Lissette, Angelica Ross, Laverne Cox, they live their life as a woman on and off screen. There's mm-hmm. no like, you know, when men play trans women, you have to, It's it makes it like a costume. Mm-hmm. Like you have to put prosthetics on sometimes. You have to like add padded breasts. Like women don't have that. Like, like me and Trace Lissette, we're not padded. We're not adding prosthetics. We're not... You know, we just live our life day to day as women. Mm-hmm. And I think she's absolutely right. And I think that's why it becomes so problematic. It's a very different conversation to actually play. And also, this is the, a real life woman that is being played in The Danish Woman. It was a real story, you know, of, of the first known trans woman to have like to go through the surgeries and to actually like go through that process back in the day. And I think it's also a very different conversation. It's a very different conversation from like, for instance, I think and I'll, I think I think average people who maybe don't live in this world like we do don't really even understand necessarily the difference between drag queens and trans women yeah they confuse the two and i think that something like seeing like 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 andrew levitt nina west for instance who is on broadway right now touring the country um uh in hairspray playing a role that is historically played by men but as a female character it's a different take on it the idea is that it's this large, larger than life and large physically, like physically large woman who's playing like this caricature, well, right? Also- As opposed to like a trans actor or actress or character. They're very, very different conversations. Well, and also it could borderline, not that I think that Eddie's doing this, but it does borderline even like misogyny. Like you think a man can play a trans woman better than a trans woman? Like... I don't think it's that. Well, I hear that, but I think it but can I be think that. It's that. Yeah, because I, I don't, and yes. I, that's why I clarified. Mm-hmm. I don't think that Eddie's coming from that exactly. place. Yep. But it can be seen and taken as yes, absolutely. You can't let trans women into the room to audition. Well, the, you the, don't, or, or, or there's just not visibility. Yeah. So you're going to go ahead and give the role even above a cis woman. I'd rather even a cis woman play. Well, I think a lot of people don't. I think a lot of people until recently are like, are there trans actors? I don't know. Are there? Do they exist? And I think that's just been the mentality in Hollywood, and that's how they've gotten away with not. Or if it is a trans actor, it's always Laverne Cox or just one or yeah, two. Yeah, it's just one or like, two that have popped, yeah. and that's it. And also, I think that... But I feel like instead of giving it to Eddie, I would prefer to at least see it if you didn't give it to a trans person. A cis woman, because a cis woman is living her life day-to-day like a trans woman. They're both one and the same. I mean, to just straight give it to a man... To a degree, yes. I hear that. I've, it's closer. I don't. Yeah. It's closer in proximity, mm-hmm. I think. And I think also, I, what another issue is, I think that... Because I remember interviewing Eddie for this this film multiple times and the pride that he took in this role and how respectful he was trying to be and everybody was. And at the time, six years ago, they thought they were doing – you know, this film came out six years ago. They probably filmed it seven or eight years ago. And so I think that also part of the conversation is they want to get these stories out. So – is it better to go with somebody who's one of the biggest actors in the entire world who's going to sell box office tickets because this is still a business and he's trying to sell versus no names? And that's what would have happened if it was a trans actress. Yeah. Looking for, and eight looking, years ago, that yes, made sense. Yes. Today, I hear you. they're taking no name actors. Yep. I mean, I don't Because you got to really start know. somewhere. You got to build do. the names. Well, and I applaud the L word in the Generation Q because they brought on actresses and actors. 
uh, that were such a great representation of our community that have not really started anything not before. Not household names. And yeah. I think now they are. Yeah. People loved them. Mm-hmm. Now they are. And I think it's important. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. Yep. It's time for our first round of What's Poppin'? Michaela Gordon, what do you have for us? <clears throat> okay, well, I'm very excited because a lot of news is happening. Michelle Visage and Leah Remini are headed to Wendy to host for the next two weeks. And I love that, but that leaves no time for Michelle Visage unless she's pre-taped everything. And that seems to be the case. Following lots of rumors and chatter, RuPaul's Drag Race has officially announced that the franchise will be heading to France. For its next spinoff, World of Wonder, the production company behind the hit series, broke the news this week on Twitter. Writing casting has officially begun for Drag Race France. If you have the charisma, unique, nerve, sorry, uniqueness, nerve, and talent to become France's next drag superstar, apply today. Coming full availability to be announced. Though the show is still in the beginning stages of production, fans can expect the same fierce competition that they know and love from the original Emmy-winning American series RuPaul's Drag Race. The show will be joining an acclaimed list of international spinoffs from the franchise, including Drag Race Thailand, RuPaul's Drag Race UK, RuPaul's Drag Race Down Under, Canada's Drag Race, Drag Race Holland, and Drag Race Espana. Now, while it might seem like the new series is a ways away, Drag Race fans will have plenty to hold them over. Drag Race Italia will premiere on November 18th, and Drag Race Philippines is rumored to premiere sometime in 2022. Now, I think that it could be seen Justin as saying, is this too much? I'm going to say no, and here's why. I'm not going to watch all those. I haven't watched any of them. I barely caught up with America. But I think what it's doing is giving people in the Philippines and in Australia and in France and in Italy an opportunity to uh, make something of themselves and of their drag and really educate those countries. And for people to see it. Yeah, it's really, I think, more for our drag queens that are in other countries. Listen, because there could be a drag race in every single country on the entire planet, and that wouldn't be too much for me just because... I, like you said, I don't watch. I don't even watch Canada, and that's right here. Like I yeah. have a few friends who are like really, really gay who watch seasons from all over the world, and I love that for them. 
I, I, I just started watching Drag Race a few seasons ago. I haven't even caught up on the early seasons. Totally. So yeah. I, I started on like season 11 or 12, I think. Yeah, I think it's important that, like we always talk about, representation, visibility is really important. And we may not see these beautiful queens had it been not for Drag Race. So I love it. I'm not going to watch because it is too much for my Netflix. But uh, I love it for them. All right, coming up in What the Health, Dr. James Simmons joins us on staying, stay, staying safe this extended holiday weekend. We'll talk with him next. Coming up this hour, how to keep yourself and your loved ones safe this holiday weekend as we all gather for Thanksgiving. Uh, some people doing it on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, depending on what your schedule is. Maybe you've got a Friendsgiving or two coming up as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, we want to keep you safe. Uh, we also want to keep you informed. We also want to make sure you have a great time. Yes. And our uh, Dr. James Simmons is going to join us in What the Health uh, with some tips for doing just that this weekend. Right now, though, it is time for news on The Beat. Michaela, what's going on? So, out of- <clears throat> whoa, girl. There it is. Wake up, honey. It's emotional, I know. Well, Josephine Baker does make me... Feel feelings. All right, out American born dancer Josephine Baker will be the first black woman and the sixth woman ever to be interred at the Pantheon in Paris, one of the highest postpartum honors. Wait, did you say interred? What is it, interred? Interred. I've never even seen that word. Just think of poop. I've never even seen that word. <laughs> what does interred mean? Like internment. Like you're interred. Like you're is it like laid to rest or something? Like has to do yeah, with that, right? Housed, yeah, housed essentially. Your body's there forever. So they're putting her body at the Pantheon in Paris. Yeah, it's a big deal. Uh, not quite, if you keep reading. <laughs> One of the highest postpartum honors in France. Now, Baker, who was born in poverty in Missouri, dazzled France as a dancer when she first arrived in Europe in the 1920s, worked for the resistance as a spy during the Second World War, and built her rainbow tribe. Her fourth husband, Joe, how do I say this? Bouillon? Sure. Uh, I'm I'm more focused on the fourth husband part. Okay, and their 12 adopted children of different ethnicities in a chateau after the war while while campaigning for civil rights. Currently, 80 people who have made significant contributions to French history uh, had their remains transferred to, okay, it might as well be in French, to the mausoleum. 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 Oh, yeah, it looks different. Yeah, it's different when it's spelled. Uh, 75 of the people buried there are men and almost are all white. Now, Baker, who is now a bisexual woman, born in 1906, will get a cenotaph, an empty tomb with a statue or a plaque at the Pantheon. Her son, Jean-Claude Boulan Baker, said earlier this year that his mother's remains will stay in Monaco, where she was buried. Her family has been asking for her to be inducted into the Pantheon since 2013, and this year got a petition at 38,000 signatures asking for her induction. French President Emmanuel Macron approved her induction in July. So Listen, close. I don't know these words, but I know Josephine Baker, and she was a huge part. Yes. You know that I always talk about uh, my mama Sky, and we put on a lot of events, a lot of big jazz events for big parties. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have this girl who's so incredible, who often replicates Josephine Baker, and she was an icon. She was so ahead of her time. There's this banana costume that she she wore, uh-huh. and it was so fabulous. I mean, she was amazing, so ahead of her time. Well, bisexual, black woman, like literally worked in the resistance as a spy during the war. Yeah. Um, and adopted twelve kids and got married four times. I mean, what? And had an extremely successful career. Yes. She's amazing. She's so great. All right, let's get into a little bit of weather. It's going to be a high of. Uh, 
Uh, 81 in La Quinta, 81 in Cathedral City, 52 in St. Louis, 37 in Cleveland, 46 in Baltimore, 46 in Seattle, 63 in San Francisco, 72 in Houston, 72 in Vegas, and a high of 73 in L.A. Now give us a vibe of the day. All things are difficult before they are easy. I know. Speaking of easy, this is a really easy choice to make. Because the holidays are here, and so are we, baby. Odyssey and Channel Yay. Q bring you Happy Holiday, our exclusive holiday music station specially curated with all of your favorite LGBTQ plus artists and allies singing the biggest holiday hits of the season. And we're talking Ariana Grande, Mariah Carey, Madonna, Beyonce, Lady Gaga, Britney, Michaela Gordon, all of them. They're all here. Sugar and Spice Amen, is baby. on repeat in my home, by the way. You go, Michaela. Just search Happy Holiday on the Odyssey app to listen now. Also, just want to remind you, Coming up in our next hour, we've got uh, Darren Chris. You know and love him from Glee. He's got a new holiday album out, and he's here to tell us all about it. So stick around for that as well. That's right, Heidi. All right, coming up in What the Health, Dr. James Simmons joins us on Staying Safe this extended weekend. What to expect coming up next. That's right. We are the Morning Beat, and we have fun. Yeah. And we keep you informed. Yeah. Sometimes we get to do both. Right now is one of those sometimes because we're joined by our nurse practitioner in-house, Dr. James Simmons. Dr. James, how are you? I'm so glad I got to be a part of the, like, we have fun and keep you informed. Like, I get to be part of both. That's yeah, you're amazing. a good guy. Well, I feel like that's your brand. Uh, we have other doctors. We have other experts, health experts that we call from time to time. But you, fast. you keep it real. And you're also really, really fun. And if you don't know about Dr. James, you need to go follow him on social media because his videos are informative and they're hilarious. Uh, and sometimes they're a little bit sexy. Um, yeah, that bald <laughs> head, honey, shining. That's right. That's right. Uh, that's not neither here nor <laughs> There, you. Uh, you can follow him though at Ask the NP, NP is a nurse practitioner. Um, but yeah, the holidays are here, right? And this weekend is the first big sort of test of how far we've come, how well the vaccines work. Uh, Anthony Fauci said recently, if you're fully vaccinated around other people who are also fully vaccinated, you don't need to wear masks indoors for for the Thanksgiving dinners and friendsgivings uh-huh. you might be getting into. Um, what are your thoughts? What do our listeners need to know? That was a pretty big moment, wasn't it? When Fauci was like, if you're vaccinated and everybody else is fully vaccinated, at least two weeks past your second shot, fully vaccinated, take the masks off inside while you're watching football and eating Thanksgiving. That was super, super fun and exciting. And I wholeheartedly agree with the understanding that we are moving it. I think we talked about this last week, moving into this place where COVID's going to start becoming more endemic versus this immediate pandemic. We're not there yet. But even around, you know, I mentioned football, you know, Ben Roethlisberger, the quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers, got COVID a couple of weeks ago. He's fully vaccinated and an advocate for it. But he had what we've been calling them breakthrough cases. He got a little bit sick, didn't miss the game, and now he's back and doing fine. So you have to know that that potential still exists for all of us. If you are really fully vaccinated, you're in a well-ventilated realm. Everyone else is actually fully vaccinated. And even if you want to go the 2020 step of having everyone test themselves before they come over, you can do that too. But you're you're really going to be pretty safe when everyone's fully vaccinated, that scenario. There are other scenarios, however, that I think a lot of people are going to run into. And like you said, AJ, it's really going to test us now. What about those mixed status parties, right? People are having friends giving. And you can't necessarily be that girl who's like, hey, sis, 
Is everyone vaccinated? Or I suppose you can be, but is everyone vaccinated? Do I was going to say, I like, will. It's so uncomfortable, though. Isn't it? It's such a weird conversation to, to be like, okay, I know you're having like 13 people over to your house for Thanksgiving. Like, do you know everyone's vaccinated nation status? Are you going to make them show the card? Are you going to make people get tested? Like that whole thing. If it's really important for you, A, and B, maybe you are halfway through a vaccination routine um, or you haven't gotten maybe your booster or you have your immunocompromised or have an underlying health condition, I think you get to be that girl like Michaela and ask those questions. Well, listen, it's about safety. And I think at this point, everyone knows the drill. I will say my family, I don't go to my families anymore because we can literally fight over anything. We can find a fight about anything. But I think that's a lot of families as well. And I think that this is may just be, you know, they used to say don't talk politics or religion, especially at the dinner table. And I think that this could be the cause for a lot of fights for people that are vaccinated. I know that we're getting a lot of pushback on, <clears throat> uh, you know, now you need a booster. And now the two vaccines uh, may have worn away. So uh, you need to get another booster. I, I find that that's the conversation I'm having a lot as well. What do you tell people that may have chosen not to get vaccinated when they start asking questions like that? I mean, I, I think it's really hard. You know, there's, I think every situation is, is I, not to, I don't mean to ride the fence here and be like sort of lame about this answer, but every situation really is unique in terms of, you know, I, I do know uh, uh, some folks, some people that I know who have asked me specifically that most of the people who are coming to their vaccinated, there are two people who are not, but both of those people recently had covid and so they probably have some element of immunity, right, or at least an antibody response against COVID now. Do they think that it would be safe? And I was like, well, yeah, I mean, that's if, if you're if they're not getting vaccinated, they're really not. And you still want to have them over. Best case scenario from a, quote, natural immunity standpoint is that they just got COVID and that they got over it. And this was in the last month or so. So is it ideal? No. Are lots of scenarios going to happen this holiday season where we have this sort of mixed picture of people who are vaccinated or not? Um, yeah, because I think people are tired of not seeing their family and not seeing their loved ones, and they're willing to take a little bit more risk this holiday season than they did last year. Yeah, yeah I remember last year. I remember literally the day before Thanksgiving, uh, we found out that uh, I my cousin's family had flown in. They had been exposed possibly. Oh, you okay? Oh, what? Michaela just oh exposed herself to her mic really hard. You, you, listen, just, I more scared myself than anything else. This microphone. Well, I will say this. Came at me. Michaela has to get blood work today, and so she can't have any coffee this morning. And can't eat any food, and she's literally falling apart I at the think seams. I'm falling apart. So there's that. But no. But last year uh, we had family come into town, and some of them said they had possibly been exposed, and we were so afraid that the day before Thanksgiving canceled it. Yeah. Did a small gathering with my friends That's at right. my place, and everybody had was vaccinated or or was was masked and like had, had been tested. Um, so this year is very different. I think we're all kind of over it taking my chances we're all fully vaxxed and hopefully it all goes really really well yeah because i think at some point you know we've done all that we can i mean we've all been vaxxed some of us have had our booster shots but we miss our people and i I, we do miss our people though i will say that you know i think it's really important to remember that because i am aj i promise you just like a lot of the listeners i'm just as over it as everybody else is however i do think it is sort of my part of my responsibility to remind folks that this is a global pandemic on a community scale meaning if you are in a community and 
now New Mexico, Colorado, Minnesota, Michigan, the northern states, Mm. Michigan. Some of these states are surging again. Right. Colorado is in a really tricky spot right now. And it actually happens to be a fairly highly vaccinated state. If you're living in Denver or surrounding areas right now, your community situation is actually categorically different than those of us who live in Los Angeles or mm-hmm. other parts of the of the of the world of the country. So what I say to people is know what your um, rates of transmission are in your community. If you are in like a hot zone, red, orange, purple, it's really bad. Might not be the time to have people over to your house. You might have to do Thanksgiving like you did 2020. A little Zoom, a little virtual, a small gathering outside. Everyone's tested, masked, and vaccine, something like that. If you are in a place where spread is not really happening very well, you have super high rates of vaccination, it's a different story for you. So this is not a monolithic all Thanksgiving is going to fit all people. Sort I, will, of I will say this. Yeah. M- Michaela Gordon's turkey and stuffing tastes way better over Zoom. It does, honey. Listen, one year, one year I got the turkey. I pulled the stick for the turkey. And if you don't think I hired somebody to come on over and make that turkey. And I went to my family's and I said, enjoy everybody. I worked so hard for this turkey. And it was delicious, but I didn't make it. Okay, coming up, uh, this is really sad uh, because we we love you so much, Dr. James Simmons. U.S. is facing a crisis of burned out health care workers, demoralized doctors, nurses, and other frontline workers really are over it. Uh, What do we do as this crisis comes uh, so close to us? Coming up next. Tacovis is a terrific boot brand, and they're bringing a fresh perspective to heritage boot making. So they've carried forward all the time-honored traditions and quality you find in a great pair of cowboy boots, but they've innovated on comfort, style, and service. As someone who tries to pursue a minimalist lifestyle, I highly value quality over quantity. I'm telling you, you can't find a higher quality boot than Tacovas. Their Western boots for men and women are handmade. Handmade from the most premium leathers with over 200 time-honored individual steps. Also, did I mention that they are Austin-designed, Texas-tested, and handmade down in the boot-making capital of the world, Leon, Mexico? And also, if you've ever wondered if you can pull off cowboy boots, which is something that I was thinking, you should pull on a pair of Tacovas and you'll see. Just do a quick search for Tacovas on social media and you'll see how adorably styled these boots can be. Visit tacovas.com, that's T E C O V A S.com, and point your toes west. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. 
Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. You're listening to The Morning Beat. It's time for another round of What the Health with our in-house nurse practitioner, Dr. James Simmons. Love that guy. Uh, now, this Love is that the time guy. of year to be thankful, and we are so thankful for you, Dr. James, and all that you do uh, working on the front lines through this pandemic for the last two years and for years before. Let's be honest. It's not just the pandemic when when our you know our healthcare providers get stressed. Um, but are we facing a crisis of burned out healthcare workers Dr. James, uh, what do you want us to know? <laughs> oh, boy. Buckle up. What, are, what do I want you to know? Can I take over the rest of the show? Go for it. Uh, yeah. Okay. So I actually think you really, AJ, you really keyed in on something that a lot of people sort of kind of knew but didn't really understand. And that was we were really stretched to the max and burned out before the pandemic. This, you know, even before the pandemic, about 40 percent percent of physicians uh, surveyed reported that they were depressed or even suicidal. That number has ballooned up to 60 to 75 percent in some instances. That's physicians. Everyone forgets that there are hundreds of other people that make the healthcare system work, including nurses and nurse practitioners. Obviously, I'm biased. Um, but even like food service workers in the hospital, the environmental services staff, the uh, engineers that keep a hospital running, right? Like what's more important than keeping the electricity going and all these things in the hospitals going? It's a really vicious cycle of those individuals. And I guess I can speak best to nursing. So you're already sort of short-staffed. You don't have enough people to do the work that needs to be done in a proper and safe manner. So there's an increased work demand on the people who are remaining. Those people with their increased work demand doing more than they should be doing, get exhausted physically, emotionally, spiritually, and then they leave, which causes low staffing again. And it's a big cycle that just continues. That was going on before the pandemic. And now after the pandemic, in one survey done by the American Nurses Credentialing um, uh, Committee, found that 95% Mm -mm. of nurses report feeling burned out in their current role at least once in the last three years. Wow. You know, it makes me feel so bad. I um, This is just an example of what our healthcare workers are also dealing with. A friend of mine who is so wonderful, she lost her baby to SIDS. She's a nurse. Um, and so the baby was so young. And then she just had recently got pregnant again. She just gave birth to twins. She had a very difficult time mourning the death of that baby. She also lost her father at the same time that she lost her baby. She is a health care worker. So on top of taking care of everybody, taking care of these people that have COVID, listening, being screamed at about not wanting to get vaccinated, she's dealing with the loss of her own little baby boy, her father being pregnant again with twins. Like you really have to put uh, into perspective what these doctors and nurses are going through. It's not all about helping us and like taking care of us. And, And I just can't imagine the burnout that they must feel. It's a pretty, thank you, Michaela, and thank you for sharing that story. And it's unfortunately an all common story where where people, you know, particularly those uh, really on the front line. So I'm not taking anything away from nurses or physicians or other like executives, but those of us who are still sort of on the front line at the bedside and interacting with patients on a daily basis, you know, that we're not really taught very well how to compartmentalize, um, you know, the the 
sometimes the death and dying that's going on around us. Or interestingly, with COVID, you know, we uh, COVID cases are low in my hospital right now. It's really fantastic. The people that we are admitting are people who are unvaccinated. And so they're taking, you know, resources from a healthcare system when they probably didn't need to be taking those resources in the first place. And so even the frustration of we're out here trying to educate you, we are telling you do this thing. You actually trust us when you're sick, keep you alive in the hospital, but you didn't trust us before to get this vaccine. You know, all of the politicization, all of those things of that. What happens, though, is that we're already stressed. We're already burned out. And then we have people who we know are sort of willingly and knowingly not trusting us, causing a stra- an extra strain on resources when it didn't necessarily need to be there. We're not taught how to deal with that. And then we have to go home in our own lives and have like our previous conversation, like how do we not invite the cousins over who we know aren't vaccinated? I'm going to cause drama in the family. All of those things start getting swirled together. And then, you know, you go back to work the very next day. You're under-resourced. You're potentially underpaid. You know, you, you know two, two of your girlfriends, you know, are about to quit as well because they're getting better jobs at a different place facility that's paying more and has better staffing ratios. Like it just, it, it really, really fuels on itself. And I really do feel like we're kind of at a crisis point right now in our entire healthcare system that the burden on the system, it, we can't, it can't take it much longer the, the way that it's set up. So I'm curious because you know that my, my fiance, my partner uh, recently spent like a week in the hospital and it was the nurses who were there day in and day out around the clock, taking care of him. We saw doctors a couple times, but it was nurses. Uh, really quickly before we go, like, is there a solution? Like, how do we fix this? Like, how do we, how do we do better? I think we have to. Well, I mean, if you want to give me an edible and we step back and talk about how capitalism is the root of all evil, that's a whole other conversation, right? Mm-hmm. And capitalism even how it impacts the healthcare system. So that being said, I think that there's sometimes a lot of talk and not enough action when it comes to uh, some hospital systems, executives, clinics, et cetera, listening to what their healthcare workers want. There's been really, really interesting studies about how sometimes the copier machine in the office being broken is the straw that breaks the camel's back, right? Mm. None of us who signed up to be nurses or physicians or medical assistants or any of these people, we, we knew for the most part what we were signing up for. And you have multiple opportunities to leave the profession if, you, if you're not ready for that. We get it. It's hard, stressful work that we're dealing with people's lives and we're dealing with people when they're at their worst. But if you can't actually just make it so that I can print my, my to-do list every day when I come in, and if I've been telling you as a hospital executive, please just fix the damn copier, right? Yes. Like it's the one thing that I need to work in my life, right? Think about how so often those things that we take for granted in our daily lives. So little things like that, fix the copier. Maybe instead of me working three uh, overtime shifts this week and you buying me pizza, like maybe let's actually talk about like a loan forgiveness sort of strategies thing. Or let's mm. talk about the little things Preach that on healthcare it. workers are really looking for rather than like, I'm going to throw you a pizza party and give you donuts because you did great work. Like, that's not what we're asking for. Yeah. We're asking to make sure that we never run out of PPE or, you know, things like that. I think listening, there's a disconnect between those who are empowered to influence things and those of us who are still at the side doing the things that need to be done. Well, I think if we start to listen to each other better, we can make a lot of, of inroads. Mm. Dr. James Simmons, you're incredible. Thank you, as always, for joining us in What the Health. We'll talk to you soon. Happy holidays, babe. Thanks, y'all. You too. All right, coming up, Matthew McConaughey could be governor of Texas, but he doesn't even want the gig. Find out how this happened and what's popping. It's time for another round of What's Poppin'. Michaela Gordon, what do you have for us? Okay, so this is super interesting. Now, we've seen Arnold Schwarzenegger become the governor, Ronald Reagan become the governor. 
the governor. Why would I say that? Who's the governor? Well, that's what they called him. The, the governor? Yeah. They did? That was his nickname. He was the governor. He was the governor. Oh. Just like you call him Gavinor Newsom. Yeah. He was the governor. Oh, love this. That was a whole thing. You thought you just made that up, didn't you? I did. <laughs> and then I was like, but I said it after Ronald Reagan. It, he's not the. He was the Reaganator. He was? No. The Reaganer. <laughs> he was oregano. Shut up. Okay, well, Matthew McConaughey could actually win Texas. And he's not even trying. It's Governor Greg Abbott versus Matthew McConaughey. Abbott's at 35% and Matt is at 43%. Also, Beto O'Rourke versus Matthew McConaughey. Beto at 27%, Matthew at 49%. Now, weirdly, in a three-way race, Abbott wins with 37% versus Matt at 27% and Beto at 26%. The thing is, there won't be a three-way race, race because Abbott's a Republican and Beto's a Democrat. So the thing is, Matt has been sort of slyly talking about running. He hinted he might, but he has not pulled the trigger. However, that may not matter because he would not be the first celebrity to win a governor's race without even campaigning for himself, just like Ronald Reagan and Arnold Schwarzenegger. But is Matthew McConaughey a conservative? Yeah, kind of, yeah. He's, I think he's technically a Republican. But he's, uh, so this is an interesting one because I feel like a couple of things are at play here. One, the demographics of Texas are changing very, very quickly. Two, uh, people oftentimes assume that independent means that you're between the Democratic and Republican parties, which not necessarily. Sometimes independent means you're so Republican or so Democrat that you don't even believe in your party. So it could be a mixture of very conservative, very liberal, and middle-of-the-road people who just don't pay attention. Yes. Thirdly, I feel like there are some Democrats who just by the name recognition— who don't really pay close attention to politics, would vote for Matthew McConaughey just because he's famous and also because the assumption is, oh, he must be a liberal. So I think there's a lot of really tricky things at play here. you got to think, though, Texas is the state that also brought us Ross Perot not that long ago. They had a female governor, Ann Richardson, for a while. Like They've, they've, they've thrown some curveballs at the world uh, of, of politics, and Ross Perot very close, like, came very close to being an independent who had a shot at the presidency like many people say ross perot is the reason bill clinton won the presidency back in what is it 92 or whenever it was yeah so it's a really tricky dynamic in texas that's changing daily uh this will be fun to watch though absolutely well uh kicking off our holiday songs uh we got a we got a favorite right now it's a good one enough about matthew let's get into holidays play it justin love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. As we turn the corner into the new year, a lot of people are looking to get healthier. That includes Hero Bread, who have just launched their new recipe using heart-healthy olive oil. Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. All with no compromise on the taste, texture, and bready goodness you expect from your favorites. 
Now they're listening to their fans and updating their recipe with olive oil, an antioxidant-rich oil that's been shown to reduce cholesterol and minimize the risk of heart disease. Try it today with code HERO10 for 10% off your purchase at HERO.CO. That's code H-E-R-O-10 for 10% off at HERO.CO. Leading Ladies, a concert in celebration of Women's History Month featuring Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, Elle King, Christina Perry. At the King's Theater in Brooklyn, New York on Wednesday, March 20th. Tickets are on sale now. You don't want to miss this amazing night of music dedicated to uplifting women's voices. With Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, Elle King, and Christina Perry. Odyssey's Leading Ladies presented by Olay Body. Buy your tickets now at kingstheater.com. Welcome back to the morning beat. I've got a little bit of the chuckles right now. So sorry. We were just talking off air a moment ago and my cousin had texted me uh, from Lexington, Kentucky, and she sent me a picture of uh, myself with her child 11 years ago. Those Facebook memories oh pop up. Oh my God. So I was looking at it when we went into our last break and then I left my phone on and the voice note recorded every single thing I said. <laughs> and hold on. Let me just tell you what I was saying. Let's do, let me just tell you live on the air uh, what, what this voice note recorded. Tell us. It said... Take him back, my power breaker, F off, <laughs> 5330 skipper, deserved album. I sent you an hour ago. I scheduled hour ago. You posted awesome. I'm ready to go to 32. Come on. I love the song. I love Darren Chris's voice. <laughs> that's, that's what my voice note Listen recorded. to me. Those voice notes, have you, okay, but have you ever, this is real, have you ever recorded a voice note? that you did not mean to send and it went to them like it accidentally recorded (laughs) and sent like it butt dialed you well, That's this, rough. Luckily, this did not send, but I'm taking a screenshot right now. Take so your I can power back. Have this forever. I have no idea what that meant, but uh, it is. It actually, we're talking about Darren Chris because he's joining us here on the program in about 10 minutes from right now. You know and love him uh, from maybe from Glee or the Johnny Versace. Uh, he played Andrew Cunanan, uh, won a Golden Globe and an Emmy for that role. He's an incredible actor but an incredible singer as well, and he has a holiday album yes. that just came out that you need to know about. We're going to play a couple of songs uh, during his interview as well. He's going to introduce one of them for us, but we can't wait to share Darren Chris with you here on The Morning Beat in about 10 minutes. So uh, pour yourself another cup of coffee, get some more tea, and uh, get okay. ready because he's Not a lot of fun. Not everyone can have coffee. You're br- okay, so Michaela also is fasting right now because she has to get blood work today at 1 o'clock. She texted me last night, said, when do I have to stop eating and drinking? I said, 12 hours before. Mm -hmm. Came into work this morning. It was the most beautiful snack plate. Totally forgot. So I made her a whole plate of breakfast and coffee and then had to take it all back because I forgot she couldn't eat or drink anything. And now I feel like I understand why I eat like a Tonka truck in the morning. I have no nourishment. None. Not one. I fasted. Well, I did just, uh, I did a juice cleanse, but I didn't eat any food for a day and a half. And it was amazing. You're going to thank me later, Michaela. I'm not going to thank you. You're going to eat a big lunch. You're going to go to the Cheesecake Factory and just oh, chow down. I might. I know you will. I might. All right, it's time for news on the beat. Okay, the House Select Committee investigating the January 6th riot issued a new round of subpoenas yesterday to five of former President Donald Trump's allies directly involved in planning Stop the Steal rallies, including longtime Republican operative Roger Stone and conspiracy theorist Alex Jones. The latest batch of subpoenas indicates the committee continues to focus in part on organizers and funding of the Stop the Steal rallies that took place on January 5th and 6th, as well as earlier rallies in the months 
months leading up to the attack on the U.S. Capitol. Separately, the Biden administration said in a court filing yesterday that former President Donald Trump's presidential records should be turned over to Congress. All right, let's get into a little weather. It's going to be a high of 43 in New York, 73 in L.A., 72 in Houston, 72 in Miami, 48 in Seattle, 46 in Baltimore, 37 in Cleveland, 82 in La Quinta, and 81 in Cathedral City. Now give us a vibe of the day. All things are difficult before they are easy. This That's isn't true. difficult. It's not a difficult decision at all. Not because at all. Because Odyssey and Channel Q bring you Happy Holiday, our exclusive holiday music station, specially curated with all of your favorite LGBTQIA plus artists and allies. Singing the biggest holiday hits of the season. We've got Sam Smith, Britney Spears, Lady Gaga, Beyonce, Michaela Gordon, and so many more. Just go uh, onto your Odyssey app and search Happy Holiday. Love got it. got you covered. Love to see it, honey. All right, coming up, big news. Darren Chris is joining us to talk about his new holiday album and why he loves the community so much. Coming up next. I wanna hip a part of Mr. Christmas. All right, so this oh is a vibey, vibey rendition ah! of I wanna hip a part of Mr. Christmas. And a little backstory on this story or this song. Years ago, I was on a vacation with friends at Puerto Vallarta, and we sang it at a dinner table. And it was the first time I'd ever heard it. And I've been obsessed with it ever since. Now, this version, though, you might recognize this okay, voice. I'm gonna be honest with you. I always hated this version, <laughs> the- and now all of a sudden, I'm like, I can I cover this? Can I play with this? I love it. <laughs> well, because the voice. You're hearing right now is an Emmy and Golden Globes nominated actor who's also got a voice for the gods, uh-huh. honey. He's an ally to our community. We're super excited to have on the program. Please welcome to the Morning Beat, Darren Chris. Darren, how Hello, are you? Hello, AJ. I'm I'm well. I have two two things I need to say. First of all, I don't think I've ever wanted to. I never needed to correct anybody in this, but yes, you were right. I was nominated, but they also did give them to me. And two, wait, you also. Uh, <laughs> Uh, just just while we're keeping points come on the board on, here. Come on, go on. And then uh, it's really interesting you say that about being at a dinner and, and playing this song. This song is so funny to me because my whole life, um, it, it's very divisive. And I don't know if it's regional, like depending on what side of the country you grew up on, but either people know it and have very strong opinions about it. And then the other half just has never, ever heard it. And I'm talking about the 1953 Gayla Peavy version. Uh, Michaela, if you're not aware, a 10-year-old was the original vocalist on this song. Oh, and, yeah. Yeah, but I don't discriminate. It, I know that version. I thought that 10-year-old sucked. I'm just <laughs> really? kidding. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm just that's, no. That shows, I was going to say, that's how good of a singer you are. When I was 10 and I heard that song and I, and I found out that girl was 10, I was like, holy cow. Like, I couldn't believe it. No. I thought she had the most amazing voice. No, it's so good. But hearing your version, I mean, you just have such a cozy warm incredible instrument and so you could literally sing the abcs and it's a totally different arrangement well i appreciate that i mean listen my mo in my career whether it's acting or music or anything is to constantly hopefully challenge people's ideas of what they think they know or like reevaluate the things that they think they know and so with every song that i made for this album i was trying to just go in a completely different direction. And this song obviously, you know, is a very, if you know the original, if you're listening to this and you've never heard the original, go check it out. I want hippopotamus by Gailey for Christmas by, by Gayla Peavy. It's this, but very twee, very cute little song. And I've always loved this song growing up, but if I was going to cover it, I've always known, like I, ever since I was a kid, I was like, one day I'm going to cover this. I'm going to do it in halftime. I'm going to boom bap it with some 808s. 
<laughs> and I'm going to backphrase the hell out of it. And I'm going to like swag it out. So when you hear it, you go, wait, is, is this a new song? So that was kind of the goal with this. Um, Cause there's going to be a faction of people that hear this, not knowing the original song. And uh, that was a lot of the songs on this album are very much like part of that goal of trying to make you rethink what you thought you knew about it. Well, so, you're just, hey, mission accomplished. Yeah, absolutely accomplished. If you're just now joining us, you're listening to uh, Darren Chris Emmy Award winner, Golden Globe Award winner. Come Let on. me correct myself. Uh, you know, I fell in love with you years and years ago on YouTube because you went to what? Well, where I come from, Ohio, I went to the Ohio State University, and you went to what we call nobody's perfect. Yeah, that that school <laughs> up north. We don't actually say it. We don't say the word. Heard, but I remember no. watching you years ago uh, doing your cover of DuckTales, which I've watched yes. a thousand times. You did it from your dorm room with a guitar, oh my God. and that led to yeah. Glee. It led to all this other success. Um, so we've known you've Oh, this- I'm so glad you know that stuff, because that really was, like, YouTube was sort of a huge nexus for me, and all the stuff that happened for me there. And it's funny, you know, now that we, my wife and I run this piano bar in Hollywood, and that doesn't me pu- plugging it, but just tying it back to what you're saying. Like, Tramp I've Stamper. Honey, plug it because we love it. I'll take it. I know Michaela Michaela sings there, guys, on Thursdays. Come by anytime. (laughs) So, um, what's cool is my entire life, even like what's crazy with with Glee, I ended up accidentally doing this. My entire life, I have taken songs that I've loved and like interpolated them in like a new way that fit my oeuvre, my voice, or the way I play guitar, the way that I arrange music. I think to me, singing is, is the least interesting functionality of what I do. I'm an editor. I'm an interpreter. I do that with scripts, with characters. I do that with music and chords and harmonies. This is something that I've done my whole life. And I act just by complete providence was asked to do this on Glee. I do this at my bar most nights of the week. I do this uh, for my Christmas album and I do this in my own music. And so it's, it's, it's like a constant thread. And it all started with those YouTube videos of me doing my own version. So that whatever you liked about those videos is pretty much the same thing that's happening on this Christmas album. So thank you for shouting that. Out. No, I love that you say that though, because I remember watching on YouTube at, the, at that young age and thinking, how is somebody this creative and talented? Like, how does somebody hear DuckTales, which is iconic to me already yeah. in its own right, and then turn it into this thing that you've been able to flip into an entire career? It really is fascinating. And and you had you made such a mark on Glee. You started off as a warbler. You transferred uh, to a school in Lima, Ohio, which, by the way, uh, is 30 minutes from where I grew up, which is weird. And Lima is nothing like that. Um, but... Uh, you know, when you were on there, you guys did some iconic covers on Glee. Uh, you did one, uh, Baby It's Cold Outside with Chris Colford. That song is a little problematic in this day and age. I see it's not on your album. Uh, but was that seed planted while you were on Glee? Were you thinking, at some point, I want to do a Christmas album? I mean, that that seed has been planted every year since I was a kid. I mean, like, again, I'm I'm such an avid consumer of music that it's hard for me to hear any song and not think how would I do that? It's similar to actors seeing other actors in a play or a movie or something and going, how would I have done this? Except if that play happened at a huge density every December. So my entire life, I've, this isn't something that just like came up with out of nowhere. Like the idea of doing hippopotamus the way that I did it is something that I've wanted to do since I was a very young child. I, every single song in this album has been a thorough bit of consideration 
for my whole life because this music comes back every single year. Mm. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it certainly invigorated that desire to make a Christmas album. I mean, I thought we did some really great covers on that show. In fact, some of my favorite Glee songs were some of the Christmas songs we did. I'm certainly very proud of that one. Anytime I hear that tune, the Baby It's Cold Outside cover, when I'm like walking around in public, it's the only song to this day that I think I've ever heard in public of something that I did on Glee. And you think about it, you're like, wow, here's like, you know, you know, people's opinions about it aside, it is a ro- romance related song. And you have two male teenagers singing this together. Well, like, I will tell how you, as, rad is that? As a queer like, as a queer man who grew up literally 30 minutes from the fictional and real Lima, Ohio, I remember seeing that and being like, I've never experienced this in my life. Now you're very much straight, married, happy man, but to portray this queer character with Chris Colfer, I remember just being in tears because I'd never heard a Christmas song performed that way so i think it really did impact a lot of lives oh i mean you and me both man like my i i I live a very queer forward life you know i was raised in san francisco at a very specific time in the 90s i live my my life has been so invigorated by queer identity i like i would not be where i am without that incredible energy in the world and so even me as a straight guy getting to be a part of that was just like I don't want to cuss, but it was like bleep. Yeah, I was like so excited <laughs> because I had the same because none of us grew up with that. You know, d- d- no matter what side of the, the spectrum you, you your experience was, we didn't have that. So I also I, I'm just echoing what you're saying, man. Like I also felt that way of like, how magical is this? So I was I was really happy to be oh, part of it. Yeah, your visibility was incredible. Listen, I was a lesbian cheerleader, never saw anybody like me. And then I was like, yes, here I am. <laughs> so, here <we> so, are. <laughs> I was like, yeah. I love it. Darren oh. Chris, you're iconic. A very Darren Christmas is out now, but I would love if you would introduce for us the man with the bag featuring Adam Lambert. Oh, man. Well, yeah, I recorded sort of a classic jazz standard swinging hot version of Everybody's Waiting for the Man with the Bag. And I noticed that there was never a male and male version, like a duet version, sort of evoking the um, the stylings of Bing, Crosby and Bob Hope's road movies from the 40s and 50s. So I kind of wanted to add that old fashioned style and repartee into this song that I think not everybody knows as well, but is one of my favorite Christmas songs. It's a real jazz song and requires a great deal of jazz vocal ability. So that's why I employed one of the greatest vocalists, mm-hmm. Mr. Adam Lambert, with me singing Everybody's Waiting for the Man with the Bag. If you're just joining, we are with uh, Darren Chris talking about a very Darren Christmas out for people that have not uh, seen this side of you or are even uh, trying to get into the holiday spirit a little bit early. What can they expect from this album? Well, look, I mean, I, I treat every piece of work that I put out into the universe as if somebody who doesn't give any bleeps about me uh, is going to hear it. Right. So you have to start from zero for 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 everybody. And um, I, I baked a lot of my own experience into this album. And one of my biggest fears of making a Christmas album is I really didn't want it to look or feel like, I don't know, like an artist cash grab, cashing in on the commercial value of the holidays. This arguably is one of the most personal albums that I've ever made because of the potency that these songs have in my own relationship with my family with the way that I grew up, with um, with all the memories that I have and those sentiments, like I baked that into every part of this album and the way that the songs were arranged, the songs that I selected, songs that I know people have never even heard of, but are songs that had meaning to me when I was a kid and to my family. So 
Um, hopefully they can feel a, a something new that they didn't really uh, expect. And hopefully that can be, you know, the, the magic that I tried to bake into this cake that came from my childhood can be transmitted through the airwaves to them. That's, that's really the only thing I can hope that will happen. I love that. You know, Darren, before we let you go, uh, Pride is 365 days a year here at Channel Q and on the Morning Beat. And and as a strong yes, ally sir. of our community, we mm-hmm. appreciate, appreciate that first and foremost. You know, the holidays can be a sad time for people in general, especially for the queer community. Oftentimes, you know, uh, members of our community have been outcast from their families and their communities. Uh, what do you hope this album does for those listeners uh, this time of year to reinstill that pride and that self-love? Oh, man. Well, what's nice about the holidays is that it is a time where, like it or not, most of the world (laughs) is put into a position where they have to reflect on the things that they're grateful for. The work slows down, time slows a little bit, and the despite, again, the commercial chaos of travel or family and all this stuff or whatever's going on with you, personally, you have enough people in the world who are subscribing to hope and joy in a way that you you can't help but hopefully feel a piece of that yourself and not look at the things you don't have, but the things that you do have. And you just said a very key key word here where you said, you know, you said the queer community. It's a community and a very vibrant, proactive one at that. And that, that is notoriously supportive, infamously supportive of their own and of the world around them. But I think if anybody's feeling a bit alone, you know, you just have to remember that you are part of a beautiful ecosystem of people who who love you and support you and just keeping your eyes open to the overwhelming majority of support that does exist, despite sometimes the way we put blinders on during, you know, festive times like the holidays. But I think for the most part, I I would encourage people to remember that most people are 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 sending their love out into the universe during the holidays so all you got to do is hopefully open your eyes and make sure you can be in touch with those people and not focus on the things you don't have but the things you do also darren super exciting uh, in addition to the music that we're sharing here on the show today uh, you just had a bonus track come out in time for the holidays what can you tell us about that yeah a little stocking stuffer you know um this is a tune that i um that i've been kind of working the working on in the back of my mind for years because i'm i love christmas music and i'm a self-proclaimed genre file i like hearing a genre and seeing what i love about it and what makes that genre work and so christmas music has its own you know sort of uh devices that are used every year and so i wrote a song that was an homage to every christmas song and every christmas moment that has ever made me want to dance so i wrote a song called christmas dance and i released it this past friday and it's sort of a bonus track to this album i'm super proud of it and you know who doesn't want uh, <laughs> a new christmas hit i'm not saying that's what's going to happen oh but no I it is like it is I feel oh, like shooting for this. the moon you know so if i shoot for the moon and i land on the roof i'll be pretty happy that is so, so um, i think christmas dance will be the next all i want for christmas is you mariah carey and honestly i'm so here for it darren that's what if need. i can get an eighth of the distance that she's gotten with that song <laughs> that's, that's pretty good listen um we thank you guys. are such a fan of you. I know that the LGBTQ community is such a fan of you and all of the things that you've done for us, the way that you represent us. Uh, for some of our community that's listening right now who's struggling maybe coming out, you're so great at being yourself. What advice would you give to them? Oh, my God. 
I would say get it, join the party, baby. Man, <laughs> what a great what a great dance floor we've got going for for us. The queer community is the one of the greatest parties on the bleep bleep planet. Um, <laughs> please come join. You know, myself as a straight man, I am a queer culture lifetime subscriber. You know, I'm a season ticket holder. I myself have enjoyed so much of the contribution and support and love that comes from the queer community that to be uh, tentative about jumping right into that pool, I understand because obviously there's a lot of things that come with that depending on where your background is. But once you dive in, that pool is warm and fun and magical and is, and is, is, is bursting at the seams with love and support. So come join the party. We're waiting for you. I've never, yeah. worked, I've never felt more come excited on. about being gay. I, I love, will come out again. I love being a homo. I'm going to come out again tomorrow. Yeah. Darren, Chris, you are an ally and an icon, and we mm-hmm. adore you. Keep soaring, buddy. We are so proud Thank of you. Thank you so much. Thanks, man. Thank you so much for having me, guys. Happy holidays. Go Bucks. Happy holidays. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to the Morning Beat. It's almost time for our final What's Poppin' of the Day. First, I do want to remind you our show is also a podcast. So if you can't listen to us in real time, don't you worry. Head over to wearechannelq.com, download the Odyssey app, and you can listen to us wherever you take your mobile device. Now, Michaela Gordon, What's Poppin'? Okay, so there's a lot going on. First of all, how fabulous was Darren Chris? Obsessed, uh, by the way. Like, just can't get enough. He's just so talented and such an incredible advocate for our community. We just we love and adore I know. Uh, Darren Chris. I know, love. Get the all album. Right. Uh, Carol Baskin <laughs> is saying, I've done all I can to find Don Lewis, despite Tiger King 2 claim. Now, I've yet to watch Tiger King 2. Have you? No. Okay, you know what's so funny? Remember, everybody watched it like it was insane, and now I don't know anybody that's watched Tiger King 2. It's too. out already? It's out. I don't really care Did that Did you much. watch it, Justin? I saw the first episode, and I was just like, meh. What's the first episode? The Tiger, what the was tiger it? King's what was the... in jail. Yeah, so I mean, would... they go they go into his past where he was like the youngest sheriff in Texas, and he was. Yeah, he was married before what to a Oklahoma? woman. Wait, what? Yeah, to a woman. Yeah. Well, Yikes. they're also saying that Carol Baskin uh, once again has painted an unhelpful, suspicious character in the ongoing search for her missing husband. But despite what Tiger King Two suggests. She says the exact opposite is true. She's saying, listen, I've done everything I can to find my husband. I don't know where he is. Enough already. Leave it alone. Uh, But you're going to have to watch to see uh, the rest of the story. Because, listen, the the fact she even did Tiger King 2, the fact that she did Dancing with the Stars, the narcissism of this woman. Didn't she try to sue Netflix? We did that story a few weeks ago to try to take her out of Tiger King 2. Yeah. Yeah, but that's only because she's getting caught. She's in trouble, and her they're ex, never going to find him. Her ex-husband's in a tiger's belly somewhere, probably. Totally. It's not around here. I mean, low-key, she fed her ex-husband to a tiger. Well, she says, there is no one who Allegedly. has more to gain from solving the mystery of Dawn's disappearance than I do, because it would clear my name and stop the idiotic rumors. She further states, there's nothing that I know that is not either in the sheriff's files or in the diary I have published at savethecats.org. And no way am I going to have a clear memory or anything to add 24 years later. I mean, she definitely killed her husband. (laughs) Allegedly. Allegedly. (laughs) But she did allegedly. But allegedly she did allegedly. And allegedly she killed him allegedly. Okay? So that's all I'm going to say, allegedly. All right, coming up in our final hour, uh, this story stems off my time in San Francisco. Have you ever met a celebrity and did not know They were a celebrity. Could you imagine the conversations you've had? We share our personal stories next. I don't even know what that means. (laughs) So not us, honey. 
Uh, but we do have a story for you because just recently Michaela met somebody who was very, 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 very famous uh, and had no idea. And it's not even the first time she met this person. Oh, Lord, Mama. So we're talking about uh, times we've met people that are very well known uh, to everyone in the world apparently but us. This has actually been True. going viral on TikTok as well. And we have some really funny stories we're going to share with you in about 13 minutes from right now. So stick around for that conversation. Currently, though, it's time for news on the beat. Michaela, what's going on? There's a lot going on. Nearly a dozen congressional Democrats are urging President Joe Biden to combat high gas prices by not only releasing barrels from the U.S. Strategic Petroleum Reserve, but by banning U.S. oil exports, according to a letter viewed by CNN. Now, the letter sent yesterday to Biden aids to the pressure the White House is facing even from its own party to lower prices at the pump that are angering Americans and contributing to the biggest inflation spike in decades. Biden plans to announce his decision to release oil from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve later today during a speech at the White House. But the timing of such a move is still contingent on other nations finalizing their agreements. Yeah, breaking news. uh, They just actually announced they released 90 million barrels available by December. Wow. Um, So they're doing everything they can to help you know, help people right now and it's real yeah that's great all right another news with just a few days to go before thanksgiving covid19 cases are on the rise across the u.s the daily case rate is about half of what it was at this time last year according to data from johns hopkins university but the current pace about ninety-two thousand new cases each day is up 16 percent from just a week ago the picture is even worse for children with new cases up to 32% from two weeks ago, according to new numbers published by the American Academy of Pediatrics. Meanwhile, a federal judge said this weekend that she would not block the Biden administration's vaccine mandate for health care workers, while a Florida lawsuit challenging the mandate moves forward. All right, another news out, American-born dancer Josephine Baker will be the first black woman and the sixth woman ever to be interred at the Pantheon in Paris, one of the highest postpartum honors in France. Uh, Now, Baker, who was born in poverty in Missouri, dazzled France as a dancer when she first arrived in Europe in the 1920s, worked for the resistance as a spy during the Second World War, and built her rainbow tribe, her fourth husband, Joe Bullion, and their 12 adopted children of different ethnicities in a chateau after the war while campaigning for civil rights. Currently, 80 people who have made significant contributions to French history had their remains transferred there. Uh, 75 of the people buried there are men and almost all are white. Now, Baker, who is an out bisexual woman born in 1906, uh will also be placed there. However, uh, her son, Jean-Claude Bouillon Baker, said earlier this year that his mother's remains, he wants to stay in Mexico where she was buried. Uh, let's talk about her. Bisexual woman. I mean, so Born in 1906. And a she's spy, going, A spy. Adopted a bunch of kids. Yes, and she's taking space <laughs> where most people that are buried there are men and almost all are white. That's a big deal. So you go off, queen. I love mm-hmm. that. All right, let's get into a little bit of weather. It's going to be a high of 81 in La Quinta, 82 in Cathedral City, 52 in St. Louis, 43 in Chicago, 45 in Baltimore, 79 in Phoenix, 63 in Kansas City, 81 in Palm Springs, 
73 in L.A. and 43 in New York. Now, please, won't you give us a vibe of the day? All things are difficult before they are easy. There's nothing difficult about this holiday season, though, here on Channel Q, because Odyssey and Channel Q are bringing you Happy Holiday, our exclusive gay uh, gay holiday music station special, uh, especially curated with all of your favorite LGBTQ artists and allies, singing the biggest holiday hits of the season. We're talking Sam Smith, Ariana Grande, Woo! Lady Gaga, Britney Spears, Beyonce, Michaela Gordon, and others. Uh, if you don't already have it, head over to wearechannelq.com, download the Odyssey app, and just search Happy Holiday on the app and listen now. It's going to be a fun holiday season. Can't wait. Happy Holidays. All right. Well, coming up, I'm so excited uh, because this story is hilarious. I uh, worked with a celebrity this weekend, had no idea until Brian Holt, our program director, came in and almost had a meltdown. And now it reminds us, have you ever met a celebrity and you didn't realize? Coming up next. Come on, I love this song. I love hearing Chris's voice on this song. Um, This is interesting. So this conversation is with coming up on TikTok. People are sharing stories of times they met famous celebrities and had no idea until after the encounter. Um, And I've got a couple stories, but if you ever met somebody and had no idea, because I feel like you probably get it wrong from time to time. I get it completely wrong. Well, here's how the segment came up. Yesterday, our program director came in and he said, how was your event in San Francisco? Lisa and I got hired. She DJed. I hosted this weekend in San Francisco. And I've worked for this company and for this particular person. His family, yeah. Uh, once before. This is a new thing. Yep. They love me. They had me back. You're a star. They love Lisa. And So you're in studio telling us like the details of the event. And it yeah. Was, it was a bar mitzvah, correct? It was a million dollar, two million dollar bar mitzvah. Just average. It was un... But you know, I go to events sometimes and I'm like, I don't care what it is. Just give me the but check. Also, but also, did you fly like Southwest or Spirit Airlines? I flew Jet Suite X. So you flew in a private jet. Yeah. So, okay. Okay, yeah. so I've never done that. So I'm already hearing all of these stories from you. And I'm like, this is a, this is a person of like, they're important. There's something there. Yeah. They're spending two million dollars on bar mitzvah. That's insane. Well, also to be fair, we weren't even in San Francisco. We were in like Alta Mena or Alto Palo or whatever it is, some Palo rich place. Alto? Yeah, that's it. Did you say Alta Palo? <laughs> yeah. Well, I was right. Wasn't Palo Alto. I? Palo Alto. <laughs> okay. So I'm like, this is looking in you know, a nice. But I do events, and I don't care who the celebrity is. I never care, and I didn't know this person, so I didn't care. Well, okay, so this is this is the same like company that hired you recently to go to New York, correct? Yes, where and, it was a huge event. Yes, where where I don't know if I'm allowed to say this or not, but I'm going to Lisa DJ Lisa Pittman, your partner DJed with Diplo. Yeah, no big deal. So and Kygo. So, and Kygo. So you're, and then Miguel played after us. Okay, so you don't think that there's nothing out of the ordinary here? This is just like a normal thing. I'm thinking these people just have a lot of money, right? <laughs> I also know that the guy works for Google. So, works, works for Google. So this is what I, this is where I'm at right now. So got I'm like, it. okay, he works for Google. So you come in, you're telling us the story yesterday in studio. Yeah, and I still kind of got him confused with Bill Gates. So it was a whole thing because I was like, Google and then AOL. It Microsoft was, is a different thing. I know, yeah, sure. I know, but that's like where my head was. They're at. in the same. They're in the same sphere. Yeah. So Brian, our program director, comes in yesterday. He said, "How was your event?" I said, "It was fabulous. It was, you know, a two million dollar bar mitzvah. It was really great." He goes, "What does the guy do?" I go, "I don't know. He works for Google." And he's like, "Oh, what's his name?" And I go, "Sergey." And he's like, <laughs> "What?" And I was like, "Yeah, I think that's his, yeah, that's his name, Sergey." It's the the inventor of Google. Yeah, I thought Brian was going to pass out. He was like, "Are you are you serious?" Yeah, 
And so he had a, a the guy created Google. The, so guy, the guy created, created the thing Google. that allows you to Google yourself every day. Sergey and Brin. honestly, now <laughs> I feel like I should give him. Well, and then on top of it, because it was son's bar mitzvah, I was like trolling him because I had to be. <laughs> I had to like make some jokes, and I did. So then I thought about every single thing I said to that man, to his wife, to his children, the past two parties, <laughs> I got to start asking more questions. And paying attention. Yeah. <laughs> you don't even care. Yeah, so that's who it was this weekend. It's not normal to fly on a private jet, Michaela. I thought it was normal. Well, I so so I have on my right wrist, I have a tattoo and it's an ellipsis, like a dot, dot, dot. And my best friend in the entire world, Elena Shellick and I, when we lived in New York City, uh, like a day or so before I left town, she said, uh, I want to go get a tattoo. So she went with me, right? And it was my very first tattoo. And I remember at one point, we were kind of drunk, so we probably should not have been allowed to get tattoos. Amen. And at one point, she goes, we can walk out of here. She grabs my hand. She goes, we can walk out of here right now. Before they start doing it, she's like, we can walk out right now, and I will pay for this. Don't worry about it. If you don't want to get it, you don't have to do it. And I was like, no, I'm going to get this. And I, they said, what do you want? I want an ellipsis. Why? Because I loved the hills on MTV and the theme song by Natasha Bedingfield was The Rest is Yet Unwritten. Yes. So I wanted this to be a reminder that no matter how hard my life got, uh, The Rest is Yet Unwritten and I can continue to push forward, That's right? That's right. That was my motivation before I moved to LA 15 years ago. Fast forward a few years and I'm working with my hosting coach, my mentor, Maureen Brown. And I go to meet her for a private session and there's a woman there with her and uh, she was having a session right before me because she got hired to do some gig or some TV show or whatever and she had to host. And we have a whole whole conversation, a whole conversation. She walks out, and Maureen says to me, do you know who you were just talking to? And I'm like, no. She goes, that's Natasha Bedingfield. And I'm like, wait, what? Oh, my God, the tattoo you have I go, on your I arm. I go, Maureen, this is, the tattoo is because of her. She's like, are you kidding me? I'm like, I had no idea. She's one of those people you know her music, but you don't necessarily know what she looks like, especially back then. Yeah, that's true. Never that's mentioned true. it to her. So about a year or two later, I was at the Billboard Music Awards host, uh, hosting a red carpet for an event like the night before the awards, and she walked the carpet, and I told her the whole story. I was so excited, and she laughed at me. Yeah. And she did not seem to care that much. Listen, oh. I, I love... <laughs> I think, though, they prefer it, genuinely. I think that when celebrities yeah. are met with not being known, then they feel like they can just be sort of normal. They can let loose. Yeah. Because also, like, if for my in, in my case, they want to be able to see it's a party. Like, they yeah. don't want to have to worry yeah. about, is someone going to take photos? Is someone going to do anything? And luckily for them, I'm brain dead. So well, I'm we, not going to. You're not brain dead. <laughs> well, we ran into Colton Underwood twice this weekend at, two different gyms. We go to Equinox and we went to two different locations and both days he was at both of them. Crazy. And made eye contact a few times because we're like in the same sphere and we know a lot of the same people but we don't know each other and also he might have just been checking us out. I don't know. But both times I was like, Acting like I didn't know who he was, but also like, oh my god, like, the amount of acting cute. I do. Yeah. Okay, to be fair, well, when I got... do see somebody, mm-hmm. it I happens act. all the time in LA. Yeah. So you kind of just like play cool. Yeah, but then also sometimes I completely fangirl. It's it's very up and down with me. I, love I either this song. have no idea what's going on or I'm fangirling. This is your song, <laughs> Natasha, if you're listening. All right, coming up, Academy Award winning actress, One Big Regret, and it involves our community. Find out what it is coming up next. All right, let's do it. Michaela Gordon. Amy Schneider is a name that I want you to know about because uh, she is making people very proud uh, because she's very, very smart. 
And that's just one of the reasons. Uh, she is also transgender and just won Jeopardy uh, in the middle of Trans Awareness Week. This is really, really Come cool. On. However, uh, Amy feels that she's not truly a champion until something else happens based on some sort of uh, family history, some little competition going on. Take a listen. Amy Schneider, our engineering manager from Oakland, California. Now, you're an impressive Jeopardy champion, but you are not yet the Jeopardy champion in your own family circle? Uh, yeah, that's correct. I, uh, a few years ago, my, my brother-in-law at the time uh, was here and won three games. Uh, so I had said at the time, well, I'm going to make sure and win four. So <laughs> it's, it's down to right now. We'll see if I do it. Jeopardy bragging rights are important, but like this game is family bragging rights. So that's right. I mean that's way more important. She yes. does go on to win a fourth game. Justin, this sounds like your family, except for they've made it on the show. I'm just saying. How <laughs> dare well, So this is really you. interesting, though, because the question was, it was Final Jeopardy, and she was the only one who got the question right. Uh, name, two, uh, w- name the island where two of the first four Treasury secretaries are buried. The answer was Manhattan. Because it's an island. Wouldn't even I think the other people maybe didn't even think about that. Yeah. But she did go on to say, listen, I want you all to know that this is great and and trans representation matters. It's super important. She also clarified that several trans contestants have appeared on the show before her, including the first out trans champion, Kate Freeman. She said many thanks to all of them for blazing the trail. Uh just so beautiful. And Gorgeous. for it to happen during that week with Ken Jennings hosting, it's, it's a cool, it's a cool yeah. moment. All right. Well, this story is amazing. Uh, the Norwegian Postal Service is showing up for our community. They put out uh, they put out annual holiday movie advertisements, and this year's offering is quickly going viral. The four-minute short, When Harry Met Santa, features a gay love story, and it ends with a recognition that it is the 50th anniversary of the country's decriminalization of homosexuality. It's been a dark year for everyone, a global pandemic, code red for our planet, refugee crisis, and more. Monica Solberg, um, the marketing director, told LGBTQ Nation, she said perhaps what we need this year is a warm and heartfelt love story, a celebration of the fact that we can love whomever we want in Norway, despite everything bad that happens around the world. Uh, Every year, Harry waits for Santa wearing his best outfits. And every year, Santa pops out of the chimney bearing gifts for his loved one. And for the rest of the year, Harry is left alone and lonely until Christmas again. That is until Harry sends sends Santa a letter to the North Pole. Dear Santa, all I want for Christmas is you. Ooh. Harry gets his gifts in the mail that year, and Santa gets even more than that. The spot ends with the message that in 2022, <laughs> it will have been 50 years since it became legal in Norway to love whoever you want. Santa gets I think more this than is that. What's Santa get? This is kind of hot. Do you know that I had a friend that wrote me, and he goes, uh, if you'd like to be a part of this, you can be. I wanted to write a naughty song about how Santa doesn't get any, but this year he's going to get some. Okay. And I was like, I'm not going to I'm not gonna help you write that song. Well, honey. if they can do it in Norwegian. Amen, Norwegies. <laughs> Norwegian. What happened to Mrs. Claus? Yeah, where's she? Bagger. She's out there. She's, she's out there. She's off with the 20-year-olds. <laughs> she's, she's a... She's she said, a, some of these kids have grown up from that naughty list, and I'm a, ready to get on at, board. She's at the cubby hole. Yes. <laughs> Honey, I'll see you there. I was there on the, roof, on the bar for my 30th. What's the other one called that you love? Something jeans, Jane? Uh, oh, I like Henrietta Hudson. Henrietta Hudson's That's where I did the... <laughs> yes. All right. Tell me something good is sponsored by McDonald's. Tis the season to treat yourself and drink up the holiday joy. Now get a small peppermint mocha hot or ice for only $2. Prices and participation may vary as always. Thank you for listening. We've got one 
more day. One day more. One more day. Didn't we do this as our promo last year before Thanksgiving? Yeah, we did. We're so original. Do it one more time. That was beautiful. Yeah, do it again. One more day. (laughs) Justin, I can see it in your face. One day more. Wow, we have one singer in the room. (laughs) See y'all tomorrow for one more day and then Thanksgiving. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future. In vehicles and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Toyota, let's go places.